Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, just focus in on what the Lord may be speaking to you right now, the situation you're in, where you're at. Let him let him speak to you. Let him touch you. Let him have his way with you now and in your life. And really having things in perspective, just be reminded that everything in your life right now and in your past and in your present and your future, those are all circumstances that God has arranged. They didn't just happen and now we're having to figure out how to deal with it. He arranged those circumstances for your benefit. So many of us think if we just make it through this life or a certain set of circumstances, then everything will be fixed just magically through time or through, through even death. Some of us think that death is the ultimate freer of us all, free from our mistakes and, and our uh, bad habits that we don't want to overcome or, and the, the healing that we don't work for. And yet, I thought death was the enemy. While we're here is when we are to accomplish certain things while we're here. God would just not leave us here just so we could be in misery. If all we needed was a salvation experience, and then we're just sitting around, again, God doesn't need our help to reveal himself to others. He doesn't need us to evangelize. And yet, we come up with excuses, we come up with reasons, beliefs, doctrines, theologies that fit our circumstances and our temperament. For instance, if we don't want to change, we can come up with a belief for that. If we don't want to have to be nice to people, we can come up with a, a doctrine for that. If we never have to change a bad habit we can just okay god's gonna you know deal with that when i die and he takes me to heaven and then just boom everything's fine but that's not god's intent we don't know what came before our arrival here on this earth and we don't know what's going to happen after we die But we do know that while we are here, it's a certain amount of time. It's a limited amount of time. But we, don't, we know that God doesn't waste anything. And he doesn't want us to waste our opportunity here on this earth. So when we look at our situation and our circumstance, sometimes it's really hard to go, okay, I'm... I'm not a victim of my circumstances. Yes, this happened to me. Yes, this this good thing or bad thing. And sometimes we want to take credit for the good things and, and be a victim for the bad things. 
But either way, this is what God has set out for you, has crafted for you. And I'm of the mind that that you agreed to this before you came here onto this earth. That his purpose, which is to bring you into oneness, spirit, soul, and body, will be accomplished in a certain way. He's got a purpose and a plan to accomplish his goal for you. And that's, he set that up every single day. This is what, what's going to happen at this point, uh, point in time, at this juncture, at this challenge. And through all these steps, you'll come out the other side closer to being spirit, soul, and body. One, united, healed, and living as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. And part of our big challenge is that so many of our beliefs, we've created them. We've, we've gravitated towards churches and doctrines that suit our flesh, that suit our self. Remember, the soul is what God gave you. The self is what your soul created to, to fill the vacuum that being dead in your spirit left. Not having a spirit. You were born without a spirit. I was born without a spirit. Everybody was born without a spirit, except Adam and Eve, who weren't even born, and, and Jesus Christ. And everybody else, we didn't have a spirit. But if you've been born again, you are a now, now a spirit being. And there's a lot of, you know, sometimes I, I get go down the rabbit hole with the how does the spirit interact with the soul? How does God reveal himself to our soul without spirit? The whole point is, is those are good questions and fun way, things to ask God, but he's not obligated to explain himself. And I think in a lot of ways he does that because right now it's not important. How many of us want a big revelation about, okay, this is what God is doing on the earth today. And especially there's so much going on the earth today. It's stressful and, and chaotic and things are, you just go, how did things get so out of control and in, in this direction and that direction? You know, and obviously, where is God? Where is God in all this? But really, for each one of us as individuals, a lot of this is just a distraction. We want to focus on the big things out there, or even the big things in our life. Who should I marry? What job should I take? Rather than working with the little things. You know, why Why do I get angry at the drop of that? You know, and then we find out, well, there's a wound there that God wants to heal. You know, when God reveals something, you, you know, especially if it's something like a wound or something we feel guilty about or regret, you know, we all struggle with, you know, y'all have made mistakes, I've made mistakes, we're all in the same boat. And when we make a mistake, one of the ways we know about it is because we have regret. That usually tells us, okay, there was a mistake there. So what? 
we we recognize that we are forgiving people. You are a forgiving person. You don't forgive someone. You don't forgive yourself. You don't forgive God because they deserve it. Or any other rationale, you know, okay, not forgiving someone is like taking poison and hoping somebody else dies. There's all these wonderful little quips, but the bottom line is is if you're born again, if you're a believer, if you're a spirit-filled Christian, if you're any kind of a Christian that has been re-spirited, your new nature is forgiving. Period. End of sentence. Has nothing to do with the other person. Has nothing to do with any rationale. You don't have to reason your way to accepting that you are a forgiving person. It's who you are. It's your new nature. You are forgiving. You're loving. You're giving. You're compassionate. Now, part of our challenge is what does that mean? And those are the things we work out. Because God may be giving you, just using this as an example, he may be giving you an insight into what forgiving, because it's an active verb, forgiving, what that looks like from your perspective. And he's put you into whatever situation you're in where you need to learn to be forgiving so you can learn to be forgiving. So you can learn to be who you are. So you can live and move and have your being as a forgiving being. And maybe that that brings into this earth zone a level of forgiveness and active forgiving that could not be brought any other way. And God said before he sent you here, he said, are you willing to go through this situation so that you can bring this aspect of my character of forgiving into the world. That will be part of your task, is to, to be that character that you will have and share that with the world. And you said yes. And you saw the difficulties around it, but you said yes. Because you saw it was good. You saw it would bear fruit you saw that it was worth it. And this is part of our problem, is we don't know that it's worth it. So many of us have not had, let's say, good experiences with church life or relationships with other Christians or even relationship with God. And one of the things we have a tendency to do is just put it all off till when we die and go to heaven. And then we'll have our needs met. Then we'll experience unconditional love. When we die, we'll experience unconditional acceptance and significance and value. Then then all our answers will, all our questions will be answered. When we die. So we put off till tomorrow, or hopefully, you know, years down the road, we put it off into the the nameless, empty future, what God wants to do today. 
So what are we doing? We're saying no to God. We're saying not now. We're saying I'm in control, God, of what you're doing in my life. You can do this, 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 and this, but don't go over here. I enjoy not forgiving that other person. I enjoy being angry with that other person. It gives me a sense of control. And whenever we we base our emotions or actions or beliefs on control, we know it's our soul trying to substitute something else for the presence of God, for spirit of God. So there is a simplicity. We're not that complicated. But our enemies, the world system, our own self-life, and the devil and all his little buddies, they've had eons, you know, generation upon generation, to figure out how we work, how our soul functions. It's like if every human being, everybody listening, everybody here on earth, or who's ever been on earth, or who's ever going to come on earth, we all have three buttons. And the world system, it's an active thing. It's learned how to push the buttons until they find out which buttons make us react the way they want us to. And the same way with your soul. Your, your soul is trying to fill in the black hole that was filled by spirit. And we call that flesh or self, self-life. But now God is here. And he doesn't share his throne with anyone else, including yourself. So he's saying, now, unfortunately, he's, he's gentle and patient, but he's saying, we're not going to do this. We're not going to be double-minded or double-emotioned, double-hearted, double-action. You know, uh, we're, we're not going to have two thoughts at one time. We're going to be focused and know the path and know the way, the way, the truth, and the life. But to do that, guess what? You're going to have to give up your way of doing things your belief system. Now, even while we're talking about this, a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I need to change. Or I, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to change. And odds are that's simply a way of trying to control when, what you want God to do. God, when you can change this, 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 and this, but not over here we don't like to change we don't like to change our beliefs our doctrines our our things we feel our our comfort zone we don't like to make decisions we don't like to if if we our temperament is to be a follower and god says i'm going to put you in charge of this That's not comfortable for us, so we don't like it. And we will come up with a belief system that will justify saying no to God. 
But what we want to come away with is the understanding that whatever the circumstances are, whatever direction God is drawing you into, whatever he's leading you, wherever the pathway is taking you, it's for your good. Now, you and I have only had tastes and glimpses of what wholeness, wholeness, fullness, completeness, spirit, soul, and body, oneness. We've only had glimpses and tastes and fleeting experiences of what that's like. And so we have to find another way of motivating ourselves that doesn't just rely on our own self. This is why we spend so much time on learning to wait. Spending time with him so he can freely change and restore our soul. He, God loves your soul. God loves the gift he gave you, which is your soul. He loves your body. He gave you the body he wanted you to have. He put you in the family he wanted you to have. He put you in the time zone. You know, you, we're all here this particular time zone, whatever country you're in, whatever nationality you are, color of skin, gender, age, he chose that for you. And he said it was good. It's good that you are exactly the way he created you. It's exactly where he wants you. And it's not that it's good for him because you're going to serve his purpose but it's good for you because you are his purpose. We look at all the craziness going on on the earth. You know, you know, as much as I encourage everybody to be, you know, keeping an eye on everything that's going on out there, it's really none of your business. You know, most of us, when we look at the news, at least for me, I just, my blood pressure just goes up. And I go, there's nothing I can do. You know, a lot, a lot of times we want to organize prayer and fasting, and, and there's something to be said for that under certain circumstances, and we'll, you know, maybe someday we'll get into that. But the point being that if we're here on this earth during this time, does this just mean that there's more opportunity to learn what God wants us to learn? Because he puts us in situations of need so we can give. Puts us in situations of chaos so we can bring order. Not of our own. Not of our own power or, or understanding or emotion or even desire. But so we can be distracted from our own circumstances that are going on that we think are so important. You know, and we do all think, you know, our whole lives revolve around our lives. So God puts us in these situations that very often knock us out of our own comfort zone, our own loop. You know, we're going around and around and around the mountain. So we are motivated 
as we get to know God, he draws us by his goodness and his promise that he loves us. And then we begin to experience it. And the more we experience his love for us, the hopefully more we're motivated to have more. And again, our problem is, is we have all these belief systems. Now, sometimes someone who's never been, you know, churched, you know, religious, Christianized, may have, have an easier experience accepting God as he presents himself. But I grew up in a variety of different denominations and a variety of different church situations and brought a lot of baggage because of that. And so when I approach God, I have to remind myself and go, this is not, this is my perception of who God is. This is not who God is. And my duty, my job, my responsibility is to let him be who he is. Let God be God. Again, how does he describe himself? I am. Words cannot express who he is, how he does things. But we can trust him with what he's doing out there. Now, when we talk about things like, okay, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a solical realm and a supernatural realm that you and I have authority over. That we have power and authority over the strongholds of the earth. But you and I are not in a position to exercise that power and authority. Because God has not yet given us the responsibility. doesn't matter, but authority and responsibility always go together. Never accept responsibility without authority, and don't take authority without responsibility. And that means that God doesn't say, okay, do thus and so. But for instance, maybe he's teaching you, I want to teach you how strongholds work, how strongholds come down, how to identify strongholds, how to prevent a stronghold. These are great things to learn. And every single one of us can learn them because it's not about a position. It's not about a relationship with our time. You know, um, there will always be strongholds. There There will always be activity in the supernatural realm. And just as there's activity in the supernatural realm, You and I have these abilities in our soul. And we all have them. And you and I can always learn how they work. Just as we talked about strongholds, you have the gift of faith or miracles, raising the dead. How does that work? Is preventing someone from dying the same as raising them from the dead? What about raising a whole community from the dead. What does dead mean? What does raising mean? What's raised? Is there, is there just their body? Or is it if you restore someone's soul, have you raised them from the dead? These are all questions that lead us to experiencing what God has already given us. 
Because within your soul, you also have power, authority, and responsibility. Now, those are all things that are really close to home. You don't need anybody else to learn how to overcome a stronghold. You don't need anybody else to learn how to heal somebody or raise the dead or speak in tongues. You don't need permission from anybody, and you nobody else needs to know. One thing I learned a really long time ago, and I'm so grateful that God showed this to me. I've, like I said, I've been raised in quite a variety of different denominations and beliefs, and none of them were good. None of them, none of them were effective for my family. None of them were helpful. It was always something to dread was to be involved in, in any of these churches, almost any of them. And what I realized was when I was trying to understand what God's relationship with people, you know, why does he have a relationship with people? I decided the best way, and I say decided just because that's the way it came to me, the best way to learn was to teach. So this is something I want you to think about. I decided that the best way to know God, because that's what I really wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to know God enough so I could get my questions answered. And I wanted to know that he was real and that he was telling me the truth and that I had the true answer, that there, was, that there were some, some absolutes. You know, I don't know about you, but you go from, even in a single church, so, you know, you'll have... 99 people telling you, you know, uh, give them one question, you're going to get 100 answers, even with 99 people. You know, I can give you different answers to the same question. The whole point being is that we need to hear from God. So when we come to, so I came to that, the conclusion that the best way for me, for myself, to learn God, to know him, was to teach others how to know him. It's what motivated me. It might not be what motivates you. What motivates you? Think about it. If the temperament that God gave you, what motivates you to do anything? Recognition? Compassion? Pain, the desire for fitting in, how does that, what does that look like in your life? Turn it around. And if this works for you, do it. This, this is a, it's almost a foolproof way, I, and I don't know how it would fail. If you want to learn something, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, figure out how would you teach someone to play the guitar? What kind of a schedule would you set up? First, you know, do you get, get a good guitar, borrow in one, rent one? What kind of a guitar? You go through the whole process. How would you teach them? Well, first you, you have to learn, and you go, this is how you learn, is you do it yourself. 
and you start where you're at. You go, okay, I, I want to learn three chords. That's what I would start with somebody, teaching them three chords. How would you do that? Well, it's the same thing with knowing God. So think about for yourself, pick something, anything. Speaking in tongues, healing for yourself, healing for someone else, raising the dead. What would that look like? And get paper down. Write it down. Something, there's something about writing it down that makes it real. And, you know, if you want to tear it up, start it go over again next uh, tomorrow morning, fine. The whole point is, is you're starting to exercise the power and authority that God has already placed within you because you're acknowledging and accepting that these things exist within you. So start Start with something. Pick something. What would it look like? What would it look like if you healed the, healed the dead, uh, raised the dead, healed the sick, could do miracles, could walk on water? And then how would you t- teach? How would you tell someone else to d- how to do it? What that does, again, is it puts you in the position of responsibility and authority in a safe way. You don't have to tell anybody. You know, you're thinking about uh, healing. It can be, you, it, you know, we always think about anointing with oil and, and laying on of hands. Don't worry about that. If God ever wanted you to, to lay hands on them, you'd, you'd know. But that's not the only way. God sends, and Jesus did the example perfectly himself he sent the word to the centurion's daughter and she was healed you don't need to do it the way you think you need to do it so be open to that but take responsibility for learning what god has already placed within you and likewise with strongholds so it's it's something that's always there it's like a highway just because you're not driving on the highway doesn't mean it's not there but you want to be able to learn how to drive a car on the highway, just in case you ever find yourself on a highway. So just some, some hopeful encouragements that whatever situation you're in, it's been crafted for you, and you have everything you need for life and godliness right now. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.